I think we need to start a professional sports team here. Mm. Pickleball. Oh. Never played it, but I'll tell you what, people are going crazy over that shit, and people keep trying to get me to play. I'm like, I've already got, you know, a couple sports and it's like one of the most sport with the most injuries is because, it really? because a lot of older people are playing it right they're going out there tearing their hamstring up even though it's like not it's like a movement sport it's not it's like athletic sport right so you could definitely play it i'm sorry it's good that yeah because you talk about basketball no but i'm proud of you yeah you took a good dig at a right yeah. time. like the timing was perfect that's good i mean i'd attack you for your feeble body and, <laughs> you know lack of strength and you know lack of will yeah and you just, you hit me with that. And I'm so proud of you right now. Yeah. I'm almost the tears. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really yeah, good. That's good. I just heard Rick Rubin was interviewing Pharrell on his podcast. Yeah. And Rick Rubin's just, he's got no shoes on. I love it. He's just asking deep questions. And then you hear the birds chirping, a lot of pauses, a lot of reflection. Yeah. Kind of zen-like. Mm-hmm. I had to look up, like, he's produced, like, everything. Everything. Rock, rap, L Cool J, you know, yeah. all that. Jeez. He was early on in the punk scene in New York, underground, and then picking up hip-hop, like, really just taking that. I think it was him and Russell Simmons. Def Jam. Yeah, the Beastie Boys. He also did the Black Crows. Yeah, a lot of stuff. He was with Eminem and all them oh, later. Yeah. yeah, he did uh, the Avett Brothers right here. You know, in Concord, North Carolina, they're big oh, well. like Americana country band, country yeah. group, very popular. I mean, they got a big following. I think he produced their last album. Now he's good. Yeah, just the vibe that you get and how they're thinking through things and just yeah, very relaxed. Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's another one. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. Got it going on. Anyway, yeah, so here we are. Yeah, man, here we are. Rocking mm-hmm. and rolling. You know, we did something very smart, I think. And that, you know, usually we turn on the show and we just start rolling. Mm-hmm. Talk about whatever we want to talk about. But we were talking about what's been going on in Israel. We decided to have that conversation offline so we can kind of get out, you know, a lot of the nuance and the, I don't know. Because as you said, and I 100% agree with you, what's frustrating is when you listen to the media, everybody's talking like they know what's going on, but they really don't. Yeah, you've got little bits and pieces of information and you've got narratives and I mean, it's just, right now it's just a hot mess. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's a horrible situation. Yeah. And there's just a lot more to it that my big thing that I, I think about as we we're talking about this is that this is not a contained situation. The Ukraine situation, again, this is just my opinion and following these things and, you know, having a big picture interest in geopolitical strategy and incentives and who's motivated by what and, you know, historical precedent and things like that. The Ukraine situation, I, you know, a lot of people are talking about, oh, World War III, and I didn't see how that was beneficial. Like, that really is like a last-ditch effort by somebody who you look at Putin as, as an irrational actor, and, you know, which he's kind of been painted that way, but I don't think the evidence supports that all the way, that he would just say, fuck it, I'm going to drop a nuclear bomb and blow up the world if I can't win. He doesn't strike me that, that way. But what's going on here, I mean, I even remember early on in the Gulf War where not the first Gulf War, but Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, everything that's been going on in the last 20, 25 years. I do remember early on thinking, Israel better not get involved because everything will go, go south. Mm. Because Iran was like basically a warning, Israel better not get involved. This time I'm just like, that is a tinderbox. And if Israel gets involved, it's like, holy shit, the world blows up. Mm. Just because it is such a, it's nothing against, you know, Israel. 
what it is is like to me that's that's like a trigger that really brings me concern because and i don't know why i think you know historically speaking religious history it's just a lot of deep rooted significance in that region over anywhere else in the world mm-hmm. that if things go off there things go off around the world yeah and i don't know exactly what that means what i do believe though is that the repercussions of this are already and will continue to spread far beyond Israel, Palestine, and that region. Because they were instigated with. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... Because they're involved. My point is, going off what you're saying, is because they are involved. Right. It's like Israel and Iran, for example. You know, the governments, again, and I always want to clarify this, and I think this is important when we talk about the military or we talk about a state actor, that does not mean that the people of that state are always behind the state, right? I mean, just look at America. I mean, you know me, I grew up in the army. I spent a lot of time with transitioning special operations guys. I mean, this is my family. This is, you know, the community that I grew up in. And it's hard for civilians, at least back when I was in college, to understand how I could be 100% for the military community and then be 100% against our foreign policy. And the answer is really simple. It's like, could you keep sending my community over to fight and die for bullshit And I'm not saying there aren't just causes involved, but come on, let's be honest, right? Like, there's no reason we needed to be in Afghanistan for 20 plus years. Mm. Talk to the guys who were on the ground and said, you know what? We could have solved that in a year. We didn't. Too much money to be made. Yeah. So when you look at those things, it sounds cynical, but the reality is, is that the state does not reflect the will of the people in most cases. And so when I talk about like Iran and Israel and the beef that you've got there, I just remember thinking about like Iran was more, and again, I think Israel would, I don't think Iran has a chance. I mean, that's just my personal preference. But still, it's enough to say like... Yeah, they're threatening. Well, you have such a a loose... At the time, you had such a loose... It's like Sunnis and Shias hate each other. But the one thing they all had in common is they didn't like Israel. Now, some of that's changing because the Saudis and Israelis have, you know, been brokering deals and so on. But it's like our loose alliance with groups in the Middle East, the commonality for them was their hatred of Israel. Mm -hmm. So my concern was always, if Israel gets involved in this, those alliances crumble because they're already fairly loose anyway. And, you know, they're measured. They're not like, oh, we're just going to react. I mean, they think through things for a long period of time as they've had to. You know, they're surrounded, technically speaking, by, Mm -hmm. you know, threats. Yeah. So that's the world that they live in. So all that coming back to where we are today, seeing this happen, and then the United States is a country that's just like, we just feel fragile. Yeah, I mean, we've been sending billions over to Ukraine while our inflation continues to rise. Cost of living continues to go up. As you pointed out, gas is going to go up now. At a certain point, you know, the American public say, how do we justify spending all this money across the world? We need to really take care of ourselves. Yeah. We need to, you know, hey, and I'm not talking about going to security. Again, we're the most heavily armed public in the world. (laughs) But I mean, just how do we start to reinvest into our own country to where people are excited and believe in the possibility of actually growing and building for the future, which they don't really have in, in general, unless you're in that, you know, upper 10%. Yeah. So how's that for a sunny start yeah. to the podcast? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Bring in the joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's weird because I think we're fragile too, like socially, obviously. Absolutely. Not, I don't think I, we know it. Yeah. We've seen it. We talk about the coddling the American mind a lot. Mm-hmm. And one of the points he brings up is for years, we've had common enemy yeah and that's to reference of a point of like 
certain nations don't like Israel. Right. They have a common enemy. They might not even get along. Oh, yeah. Hezbollah and Hamas hate each other. Right. But they have yeah. a common enemy in That's a way. Right. So they can rally around that, as terrible as that sounds. Yep. Can we get to the point where we should have a common enemy, even though you go look and bringing that book back up, kind of leave the American mind, like what happened at Harvard when all these students go off and write a letter. And then you have the former president and the alumni embarrassed for their university. Right. Regardless of any sides on any sort of topic, specifically this one, but like, and there's no sides, like there's one side. Yeah. But there's no commonality with it. Yeah. There's so often in this country at this point, and probably for the last 10 to 20 years, there's just so much disagreement. There's so much polarization and it's right. just manifests itself even more. Like it's hard to go on Twitter or mm -hmm. X right now because you don't know what's real and what's not. Sure. And then you have people going political, you have certain movements stating their case. And it's just, it's a lot for anybody taking. Like I've talked to people and they're in tears, they're yeah. upset, they're sad, they're emotional, they're this, they're that, they're yeah. worried, any of it. And those things are very triggering to people, to individuals, to families, to what you're seeing on TV, whether it's, some of it's real, obviously, and some stuff is like, we know this is happening with the elections, the deep fakes, and it's, oh, it's yeah. only gonna get harder to identify what's what. Now, all these posts on X, they're giving you more context. Mm. But sometimes the context might not even be right. Like right. you talked about with COVID. Yeah. So what do we do with all this information? And how is it gonna bring everybody together? And, you know, it's amazing that we have all these people from all over the world. But it's a lot of times it's just two people that look the exact same and they're arguing with one another. Yeah stand no chance when it comes to that. Well, again, I mean, it comes back down to the purpose of social media. You know, I mean, I think social media is one of the greatest and one of the worst things that's ever happened to humanity. Sure. It's also why I believe that the rapid rate of technological progress that we see, you know, for like AI, deepfakes, all that. I do think it's, you know, I know we talked about this before, but I do think that it's going to hit a tipping point where, you know, the human trust factor, which humans don't trust, you know, technology anyway. We depend on it, but we don't trust it, right? So information, because we've become so polarized, and again, that's a deeper problem of incentive structures. Our media is not incentivized to inform us. It's incentivized to divide us and make money off of our outrage. That's it. That's just a fact. That's how they make money. Yeah. So when you have an incentive structure, and that's not just mainstream media, you know, that's social media, that's any kind of media. Oh, yeah. You are going to get ad revenue by clicks on outrageous articles. Just pull up YouTube and every thumbnail is going to be somebody destroys because destroys is a hot keyword that captures people's attention. Why does it do that? Well, because we're humans and humans are like, oh, who's getting destroyed? You know, right. we're still very territorial in that way. Who's destroying what? Right. You know, so that's how things are incentivized. Right. So you have a, a perverse incentive structure, but then on top of that, you have the outcome of people being put into different camps of you believe this or you believe that and you should believe this and you should believe that, the echo chambers, that when in something tragic like what's happened in Israel, what's happened in that region, I'll say, because tragedy is everywhere, right? But what happened, you know, the Hamas tax on Israel, horrific, absolutely. It's just disgusting, it's horrific, and there's human lives that are lost in the retaliation in Palestine. There's gonna be more human lives that are lost that are not Hamas militants. This is sadly the world that we live in, right? Mm. It's easy to forget the humanity in that because when you're divided into camps of like black and white beliefs, 
the humanity has been removed. This, I don't remember if we've talked about this before or not, but there was a guy, Daniel Goldhagen, I think he's from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I think that's where he's at. But he did a whole study on, and I'm probably going to mess some of this up, but the drivers behind the actions taken by those who perpetuated genocide throughout the world. So not just the Nazis, but the genocides in Rwanda. I don't remember if it was Guatemala. There's been several other places. But essentially what he was looking at was, you know, what are the warning signs leading up to some of these things? And one of the key warning signs was, was first uh, understanding that this idea that the people who perpetuated this were insane, that's not true. They were just like you and me. But the warning signs are is, uh, continuous feeding of a dehumanization of the other, right? So in Rwanda, for example, you know, even if you watch the movie Hotel Rwanda, that's all you've ever seen yeah. of the conflict. One key piece of information in that that demonstrates this is the radio broadcast by the, um, I believe it was the Hutus. So it was the Hutus and the Tutsis that were, I believe they were darker skinned and the Tutsis looked more white in their mind. And so that was where like this ethnic divide was taking place, this fight. And of course, you can take the history back to that. There's like colonial divisions that didn't actually exist until the Dutch were there and they pretty much divided people into those camps, right? So, I mean, history is ugly. You know, that's the reality. We can take things back as far as we need to. But in that, the radio broadcast was referring, it was the Hutu broadcast, and then referring to the Tutsis as cockroaches. Mm-hmm. They're cockroaches. They must be exterminated. Right. And that is like, if you are looking at another human being as one of the most repugnant insects, no offense to all the cockroaches out there, <laughs> but if you are, how easy? I mean, we kill cockroaches without thinking about it. It's like, oh, gross. Boom, got to kill that yep. thing. Yep. So if you can make a human out to be the same thing, well, then it's on. And you don't think about it, right? Yep. Same with yeah, the Nazi Nazis. Death school. Yeah, yeah, going into rats the Ukraine. And, yeah. Exactly. Yep. We have to exterminate the rats. Yep. Dehumanization. Big Speaking. time. Yep. Yeah. When they're no longer human, it makes it a lot easier to justify what you're doing in your mind. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of education in there, right? And that's what Hamas has been doing. Like, they're not teaching children what we learn in school. No. They're teaching them who to hate, how to hate them. Of course. They, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. That's scary. It is. And kids need to see that, right? It's hard because it's hard to watch what you see on TV. And I saw someone on the news the other day, yesterday, and he spent a lot of time in Israel. Yeah. And he was talking about how we do need to see this. We need to look at it. And they were comparing graphics, this to what happened during the Holocaust. No. You had to look at it. And it's very hard to see. And children are seeing it because it's everywhere. Yeah. Like nowadays, you can't prevent someone from seeing something because even if you don't see it on the television, sure. which they're not seeing it typically, they're seeing it on their phone. Of course, yeah. So they're going to see those graphics. Right. It's not like turn away. You, you don't have a chance to turn away. It just shows itself yeah. and you're going to see it. You know, that's what this generation will be seeing. And it, you of know, course. there was a time when you probably only saw a few graphics, World War II, to now there's footage of all different angles of what's happening and it will continue to show itself in many different ways. Like, right. we haven't seen it all. Yeah. And of course, then that's where, you know, the other difficulty you brought up is what's real and what's not real, right? So that it does come back to that culmination of where our lack of trust in technology sure. starts to break down where I think, you know, this rapid rise of artificial intelligence, you know, that what's forecast is like, oh, we, we won't be able to tell what's what and what's not. And I think that's where we drop off and go, fuck it. Yeah, well, we were talking about before and you had said this, that what do you believe and how can we talk about this? Because we only know what we know. Right. And someone could listen and be like, well, Jared said this, so that's a fact. Well, none of this uh, stuff no, is fact. Don't, no. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but that's part of the problem. And there's just so much, we talk about there's so much coming at all of yeah. this content. Just, and 
people do trust it. Right. They trust what they hear. Sure. They believe it. Matter of factly. I don't know if they trust it. I think they believe it because it's convenient. Yeah. If you show me a piece of information that reinforces a, a worldview or a narrative that I already hold, of course I'm going to believe it. It's easy. I don't have to work. No work is involved. I can just take it and go, see? Well, that's your critical thinking point that you made last time. Well, thank you. Or lack of, not your lack yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it is why we need more critical thinking. Yeah. The best thing to me is if I hear something that reinforces a belief that I have, I'm immediately skeptical. Yeah. I, you know, because I'm like, ah. Uh, it's like I'm calling bullshit on myself. I'm not patting myself on the back. It can be a little infuriating at times. But what it is, is you want to say, okay, well, that seems a little too convenient, too easy, too clean. Let me find out the other side of this story. Yeah. What's going yeah. on over here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But no, coming, I think you called you know, me. Oh, sorry, I, I interrupted you. You were in the middle of something. Oh, no, I, no, I'm good. I've moved on. Yeah, I know. I know. I didn't want to look like I was completely rude. It's, you know, I'm working on this. When you call bullshit on yourself, I think that's really good of you. Yeah. I'm happy about that for you. That's easy for me because I'm full of shit. But I think more people could continue to do that. Be like, shit, bullshit. You're wrong. Yep. Because I've seen people that, wow. And I used the word before. So Zen like, they're so, oh man, they have so much peace. Yeah. And they feel good about stuff. And it's like, God, that really nothing gets to you. That's amazing. And then something small happens. Yeah. Post whatever that moment was. You refuse to put on a mask or you say they don't work and they flip. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to, ma- nothing to do with it. <laughs> I mean, I got to bring it up somehow. You have to. But then it flips and you're like, wait a second. I thought you were the person stoic, right? I could drop all these words, dude. And then it was like something bothered them a little bit and they, had, they got a little snarky, maybe yeah. in an email. You're like, yeah. wait a second. I thought you were like the peaceful one. No. You were the Buddha. Don't buy and it. I dropped another one there, you know, but... Call bullshit on yourself. Well, yeah, no, anybody who <laughs> pretends to be like these Zen, you know, like, I'm just so at peace. I'm immediately am skeptical. I'm like, I bet I could turn that off real fast for you. Yeah. I'm sure there's something I could say to just rattle your cage. Not that I would. I don't want to upset anybody. Yeah. I mean, no, it's a test. It's a test. Well, it's just you have to learn. Right. So it will take, you know, just something that we're both familiar with. When you work for yourself, you're running your own show. Your currency is your relationship and your reputation and your ability to smell bullshit really fast. Like, you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to, like, yeah, this is going to potentially go somewhere or no, I, I've seen this pattern. I'm not interested, right? Like, for instance, I'm sure I'm going to get some hate for this. I was raised in a Christian family and all of that. You know, dad was a chaplain, right? So I'm a preacher's kid on top of that. But I have always, any business is like, man, we are a Christian business. I'm like, peace. <laughs> because I've seen... So many like nonprofit religious organizations in particular that hide behind this veil of, you know, well, we're a ministry. And what that allows them to do is it allows them to pay their people shit wages, not provide them benefits, not provide them any type of long-term security because it's a ministry while they could drive away in a Mercedes Benz. I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck that noise, man. Listen, I'm skeptical of anybody who likes to put forward and promote like, hey, you know, like we are a faith-based organization. We this is this, this. I'm always like, we've seen how a lot of those have unwound. And again, that's not about the individuals. This is usually about like the administrations at the top. There usually smells of something rotten. Yeah. And that's not just with Christians. That could be with anything. Oh, sure. Because what you're doing is you're playing on the emotions and the sincere desires of people to serve. Yeah. And oftentimes, and it's not every single one of them. I have clients that are faith-based organizations that are amazing. So it's not every single one of them. Sure. But they're not like we're a HVAC business. It's a Christian-based business, right? Like their whole ministry is to house people. Like that is what they do. And they're held accountable to do that. So that's very different. Like that's really good. Yeah. But it's more like, uh, I was like, hey, I'm a faith-based futurist. Yeah. 
I'd be skeptical of me. Right. Well, you have to speak it or you have to not speak it. I'm sorry. You have to actually, the actions have to prove it. Of course. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's like anything else though. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely. How do we get onto them? People's, you know, throw a lot of bullshit out there. They do. Yeah. They absolutely do. Yeah. But, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the um, dividing and, and dehumanizing of people, to think that that couldn't happen in our country, I think is just crazy. Do I think that our country would go to civil war? No. I think we're way too attention deficit. Do I think that bad actors would, would look to take advantage of that? Like, you know, the issues going on at the border and just the divisiveness in the country and then the current, you know, whether, you know, true or not true, the belief about the economy and how it's impacting people, all those things that are there. Do I believe that, you know, bad actors are trying to take advantage of that? Absolutely. Yeah. Because what we're doing is we're creating a vulnerable populace that can't, if we can't get on the same page about something, well, then it makes it much easier to divide. So to me, that all goes back to what's going on in Israel. To me, that is a destabilizing event that has global impact. Mm-hmm. Ukraine, do I see that as a destabilizing global impact? Not for us necessarily. I mean, sure, gas prices and then the fact that we're sending billions over there continuously. Yes, that's... It's impactful, but it's not... It's not like, oh, shit. Globe change, yeah. Yeah, lights yeah. out. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, deep stuff, dude. What do you think, you know, you see in these countries where, like, people live together, they live in these small communities, and we come here... And at times like this, maybe because you need other people. You know, we talk about loneliness epidemic. Yeah. Talk about, and this stuff, this adds to it, right? You're watching TV, you become like, there's a lot of mental health in that that could have impact on you. And you just surround yourself with friends and family and coworkers and, and all this kind of stuff and just other people in the community. The future of families, right? Like it's going away from what we're talking about, but at the same time, like maybe it does relate to it in some way. You know, there was a time when the families were all lived in the same area. Yeah. Sometimes they live in the same house. They definitely yeah, live yeah. in the same neighborhood. Now we live in a time where travel's easy, communication's easy, devices, that's where social media comes in. That's the good thing about social media. We can stay in touch with people. Right. I can have a phone call, a text message, a FaceTime or whatever with whoever at any point. Yeah. Do you think that continues to where we all live across time zones? And maybe just all over the world? Or do you think it kind of goes back to where families are seeking each other out? I don't know. Like economy had a lot to do with it. Opportunity had a lot. Like, why do I have to stay from Buffalo, New York? What's the law or the rule that I need to stay in Buffalo? Like, first of all, New York State is terrible for business. And originally I was like in the insurance brokerage business. Mm -hmm. It's terrible for that business, right? Yes. You know, and growth in that area was tough. Taxes are high. And that's not, I wasn't like thinking about all those reasons. No, but they're, yeah. But the reasons why you'd so like, go out. People yeah. move to Florida. They move to Arizona. They move to Texas. They move to the Carolinas, to Tennessee, because it's like, I mean, there's more opportunity here. Sure. You can meet new people. Does that change? Does it not change? Is it, I don't know, maybe it's too hard to move right now because mortgages, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if you're talking about right now, I mean, the cost of a mortgage is super high. Correct. So we're thinking more like bigger picture, the but next bigger, yeah. generation. Well, and I think we could probably just look up some statistics here because I think I remember seeing something about this that was really playing out with what I was observing I mean, my whole family now lives in Charlotte. Right. And we're a military family, so we don't have roots here. Yeah. I mean, we're putting down roots here. So the Nichols clan is now going to grow, mm. you know, much larger. That's the name of my high school. We knew that, right? You knew that? What's that? The name of my high school is Nichols. No. Yeah. You yeah. know that, yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes me feel Elitist really Elitist private school. Oh, that makes me feel really special. Especially back then. I was back but then. That was that in Buffalo? that long ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they didn't like me. Nichols and Buffalo. They didn't like me. I want to say that twice. They didn't like you? No. Why? I don't know. They didn't like us. Oh. We didn't stand for what they believed in. Well, that is some bullshit. Right? What do they believe in? Nichols. Like, he was named after you. We should go talk to him. 
Just sue them. Be like, that's my name. They must have been prestigious nickels, man. We were just oh, like they grunts. Were you know? Yeah. Fuck them. I wasn't going to Princeton or Harvard. That wasn't the nickels I was part of. Yeah. There's a college nickels too. Yeah. No, there's a lot of nickels in the Carolinas. I've been really surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a rock singer with the last name Nichols, first name Jared. Now we're talking. Yeah. He's not a singer. He's a rock star. Oh. In life. Okay. That's who he is. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big fan. And I know him. And I could definitely get you an autograph okay. for a price. Uh-huh. That's fair. He's pretty important. So it's yeah. very important. I'm yeah. glad you brought it up. But back to family dynamics. I've gotten the sense that, and I've seen this more and more, is that people are trying to live closer together. So, and now a lot of that's not just because, hey, wouldn't that be nice? It's out of, born out of necessity. And you're right. You know, prior to, the 2008 financial crisis. Like that's the point where shit just really started to shift. But prior to that, it was a, you go where the opportunity is. That was just the norm. And that had been the norm for decades. You know, if you've got an opportunity for a great job that's halfway across the country, you go there, you move for your job. That's what you do. After 2008, a lot of things got called into question. It was kind of a stuttering back to some sense of what is normal. And during that time, We've been artificially inflating and artificially creating an economy that looks really healthy, but we haven't really been more productive, right? We've had a lot of technological advances that minimize the need for... We're not a country that makes things. Let's put it that way, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, now manufacturing died off long before 2008, but we're not a manufacturing country the way that we used to be. And if you're a country that's not producing something, you have to ask yourself, what is generating the wealth? And that's a whole other conversation. We get into economics and finance and money that makes money on top of money, it's kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's not, I mean, that's just basically a social contract where we say, okay, we believe that this thing has value. All that aside, a lot of the necessity for people moving back closer together is to take care of family members. Yeah. People are living longer. Yeah. Not only that, the cost of long-term care, as you know, and I know because we've been in the long, you know, I'm sure you were licensed selling long-term care when I was in the brokerage business. I sold long-term care. Not very often because it was hard to ship for somebody to qualify. Yeah. And it was expensive. Yeah. But that's such an, a massive price tag for long-term retirement care and everything else. And because, you know, after 2008, the drop-off of pensions and guaranteed income in the private sector, it all but went away. So a lot of what people had saved up or had been counting on for their long career, gone. Yeah. You know, companies go bankrupt, they get bought out, they crashed, whatever it might be. So I do see that, you know, out of necessity, a lot of people were coming back together. I mean, my instinct, again, I think it's also, you know, based on my age, because I mean, I do have two kids. My whole family's here now, which is not something we ever experienced growing up. I'm much more of a stay put, which is weird for a military kid. Yeah. Because, you know, once you start moving around, it just gets in your blood. Don't leave. Oh, I don't desire to leave. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I do want to get some land. Yeah. Instead of paying like county and city taxes. Uh, Fuck Charlotte. If you live in Charlotte, you're paying Charlotte and Mecklenburg County taxes. And what a nightmare. Yeah. And we're literally just across the street. If we moved across the street, you'd be good. Be good to go. Yeah. Whatever. And move out to the countryside. Yeah. We moved here for the great school district that we no longer send our kids to. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, I do think that a lot of young people, though, are going to be forced to live close to home just because they, if they can't afford to get a house, interest rates are really high. But on top of that, you still have private equity buying up all the houses. So, you have this, this formation of a permanent renter class, which just makes things very, very difficult. So, it destabilizes a society that was on an upward trajectory, whether that was fabricated or not. I tend to believe the, the upward trajectory of society kind of started to fall off near the beginning of the 2000s, oh, wow. you know, after NAFTA. And, because again, we stopped making stuff. Yeah. We're just a service-heavy economy. So yeah. Here we are. Yeah. 
Look at us. We are serving. Yeah. And saving. Yeah. But even the business too. Yeah, well, a lot of, of service. Yeah. 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 We get paid for our intellectual capital. Believe mm. it or not. Wow. We get paid for our ideas. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad investment for anybody <laughs> out there. No. <laughs> I think that should be your voice the whole time. I like uh, if I'm uh, just slow it down painfully. So thinking neighbors that I have all moved here for jobs. Mm-hmm. I can think of three that really close by. Yeah. Empty nesters mm-hmm. all moved here for jobs. So I guess it changes based on different sure, cities. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not exactly. Well, but they also come from a generation where that was the norm. Okay. So we're thinking future, current, 20, 30 something year olds, plus the younger. Yeah. I think a lot of them are going to be forced to come home mm. or they're going to have to move to places. Yeah. I, like the secondary cities, right? So what's the secondary city? Like, give me a good secondary city. You can think I of. guess there's different ways to look at it. So I've heard, maybe that's not the right word, but like, Boulder, Colorado. Uh-huh. You're close to a big city, Denver. Right. Right. Boulder's expensive. Yeah, I get it. But it's not New York City. But yeah, that, sure. that's tough. But like secondary cities, I guess, would be like a notch below like the big, like a Des Moines, Iowa. Right. Or Winston-Salem. Yeah, I don't know if that's secondary. Yeah. To Charlotte? Third dairy. You say that's tertiary? Yeah, I said third dairy. Third dairy. Well, we can go third dairy. Yeah. You know, yeah. fact check. No yeah. need to look it up. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that, and I'd be curious to see how they measure that. I mean, we can kind of make our own assumptions. Because I don't know where Charlotte and some of the bigger cities that aren't at that, because Charlotte's at the 17th or something like that, biggest oh, city. Charlotte's me fucking huge. Oh, yeah, Charlotte is continuously blown up. You know what Charlotte and the whole surrounding area needs to do? They need to fix their fucking roads. Where's all the tax money going? I don't know. So, I mean, you know, I spend, uh, on the weekends, I'm out on the bike with a group of guys. I'm like, I'm in the backcountry roads. Charlotte used to have really great roads. Well, at <laughs> least up in, it's you know, disaster. up in the north part of Charlotte. We go out into... Um, Cabarrus County, up in that area, beautiful roads. Yeah. I'm out here, you know, we're in Union County and Mecklenburg County. I'm like, man, there are big old potholes and just, yeah, it's a mess. just the roads are kind of beat to shit. I'm thinking, because people drive like assholes. That's well, that's why. part of it, I'm sure. You know what I did today? What? So I was driving here and I'll stay off of uh, Fairview and Providence. So I'll yeah. cut through Sharon. I'm still going to get on Providence at some point. It's beautiful. But other people do it too. And there's so sure. many people on the fucking roads. Yeah. So I get this car behind me. Wait, you cut through Providence Plantation? No, Sharon View. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the car gets behind me and he's just like, first of all, there's a car in front of me. I can't go anywhere. You attract these kind of people. But no, you'll like this. Okay. Because I'm working at it. Uh-huh. I am working at it. And so I had another conversation on the podcast to check out. If you want, I'd bring that up. About your own podcast or about yeah. our podcast? No, but my own. Where's my gum? This is my own too, isn't it? You all right over there? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I've got a piece of gum in my pocket. This, this is so, yeah. this is so, so low class. I like the sound. Brr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Car pulls behind me. I'm got another car. I can't go anywhere. It's a one lane road, and we're chilling, and we're going. We're doing just fine. Yeah. We're gonna get to the light. It's all good. No problem. He's just pissing me off, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm not. But I can see it's gonna. There's a left turn lane ahead of me. Yeah. So I just hop in the left turn lane. Just a fuck. No, I just let him go. You know that was mature. I let him go, and like four more cars went, and then I pulled back in. I kept driving because I just wasn't in the mood for see, it. That's Zen. That's Zen. I mean, the fact that I shared it is made like a little virtue signaling. No, I don't share think it with so. you. It felt good. It's in context. Yeah. If you just brought it up out of nowhere, like that's virtue signaling. Mm. And honestly, you know me enough to where I'd say, yeah, we're buddies. Don't be such a fucking pushover. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What I thought you were doing was like, I knew he was going to try and pass me in that left lane. So I just eased on over. Yeah. Just to, <laughs> you know, go back in. Yeah. yeah. So no, no, no. I think I that was a really go. good idea. Yeah. Honestly, I think that is the right way to handle things. Like, you know, if somebody's just being a dick and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to move over because clearly they've got somewhere they got to go. Yeah. And you're just not bothered by it. 
man, good on you. Yeah. You're the winner there. Thank you. Whereas for me, it's like, I haven't done that. I won't always make the That's right decision. That's the first time. And I think it's something that we can do. Yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of that. I mean, so write in to our show on Spotify, yeah. leave a comment and say, give us a story about yeah. the last time. Or let us know what you think about Eric's actions. Yeah, or that. You know what I think? Yeah, I, I do. think they were good. Passive, very passive. Well, no, yeah, they were passive, but I'd say very sound. Yeah. Now, passive aggressive would be if you just eased over in the lane or just was like, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to fuck well, this guy. I, you know, I was talking to this individual and... Charlotte is what Charlotte is. So mm-hmm. the roads that you talk about, yes. the potholes, the drivers that I talk about, yeah. it's not changing. Like, could we work in a community? Could we talk to people? Could we have a podcast where we express our concern and thoughts about it? Because we have children and those children are driving or will be driving and right. things like that. Charlotte is what it is. Charlotte's happy doing what Charlotte's doing. So we have to, we can live in it. Because, you know, you talk to people and they live in a city and they just fucking bitch. They hate their job. They just bitch about yeah. it. They don't like their boss. They, they don't like the Cleveland Browns. The Browns always let me down. They just bitch. But they do it in a way, I'm talking about like the negative side of it, where it becomes unhealthy. Yeah, of course. So the other way to treat it is to, what are you going to do? Because you could move. You don't have yes. to be a fucking Browns fan. You could just throw all your shit away, donate it to Goodwill, yeah. and you go root for a new team. You don't have to live yeah. in Charlotte. I'm going to become a Bucks fan. I'm going to work from home and I'm not driving to work. And your boss can say, okay. Yeah. And then you don't have to come into work and you don't have to deal with the traffic anymore. Or they say, no, you can't. You're fired. Okay, cool. But you have the choice to do what you want to do about it. Sure. I had the choice <laughs> to move over and, not, and just continue on with whatever I was listening to. Yeah. Could have been REO Speedwagon. Maybe not. That I don't know. shows yeah. to me a great deal of maturity. Yeah. If I saw someone who's just trying to be a dick, I mean. And maybe he wasn't. And maybe it was my rear view, and maybe it, he was just, I maybe. thought he was, no, maybe I'm just assuming. You give the benefit of, I mean, yeah. you are a much better man than me. That's just today. Yeah. 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 I mean, because for me, it's just like, if I see somebody acting that way. But sometimes, when you brought up this, we don't have to go back to it, but you bring up what's going on in the world. Yeah. Have some fucking perspective. For sure. And I get it. We can't always say, well, someone's got it worse, because I don't think that's fair, because no. it's relative, and yes, there is that. But sometimes, you could be grounded by saying, holy fuck, mm-hmm. this is actually happening. Yeah. And yes, it's on the other side of the globe, but it's like, it's not that fucking far. You get in a plane and you can be there. Mm-hmm. You get there. You be there by tomorrow. Yeah. Anyway, it's just fucking have some perspective. Put your yeah. shit together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, man. But Charlotte is, uh, Charlotte's happening, man. The airport's fucking crazy. I remember when people used to come to Charlotte, they would just connect. I've been to Charlotte. We haven't been to Charlotte because they just connected through Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. But now, Baggage claim is just as crazy as upstairs. <laughs> and they're building it. They're constructing some Charlotte's. So. Nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. No one ever thought that. Like, even Charlotte. See, that's the other thing I would look at. Say, the leaders of the city. Yeah. They didn't know this was coming. You don't think so? Not like this. To some degree. Yeah. I guess if they were thinking out, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and they were trying to look at the future of Charlotte, guaranteed they were still just projecting. I'm talking about know, in the 80s. Oh, like, yeah. You know, they get the Hornets, they get the Pan... There's certain things that happen. So you get right. the professional sports teams, you get the airline, you get American Airlines to become a hub. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Well, except it wasn't American at the time. It was... Um, U.S. Airways. U.S. Airways. Yeah, U.S. That's right. Airways. That's what it was. <laughs> hey, man. Miracle on the Hudson. Sully Sullenberger. No. Uh, yeah. What can I do? I mean, US you get Airways. us there safe and sound. I'm good. That guy was... He's, he lives here in Charlotte. They got to take some rows out of those fucking planes. Though. Holy shit. Oh, my they God, just dude. stuff us in there. And then... And Americans aren't getting any smaller. So, on the way to Arizona, mm-hmm. great water pressure, by the way. We'll get there in a second. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> Row 16, you don't get a window. Like the window's off center because they oh, filled it. Row 15 on the way back, 
you do get a window. Sure. And I didn't have someone next to me on the way. But it's just like the plane is just stuffed yeah. with fucking people. That's why I fly first class. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm paying for it. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it, I'll just go back there with all the yeah. degenerates and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fancy like that. I like it. First class is not that fancy. I mean, here's the thing. I don't oh, take advantage of it. not what it was. And I'm always baffled. Like, I used to take morning flights. These motherfuckers are just like, yeah, I'll uh, take a, a gin and tonic. I'm like, are you serious, man? Yeah. Like, I, you're going to be asleep in no yeah. time. Yeah. No, hey, but no judgment. Is he sleeping on your shoulder by the end of the flight? No, because the seats are so big. And I will say this. People in first class, they have class. They're yeah. not going to put themselves on they have, you. They have a better life. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy it. But for me, I can get work done. I can sleep. I can, you, you can know, get work done in the back. Hell no. Jeez. I mean, you're like this. Yeah, you're that's like, pretty bad. Up. It's terrible. Yeah. But in first class, you're like this. It's uh, all what it is. Yeah, it's definitely not what it used to be. No. None of it. They give you those little biscuits. Oh, yeah. God. Well, they come by and they give you, you know, the warm hand cloth, you know, to wipe your oh, face. first hands. class. Yeah, no, I'm talking oh, about biscuits for the Dude, back. I haven't been in economy in so long, bro. I'm just talking about <laughs> like, like, holy shit. I didn't know I was like, this is like bougie. I like it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll tell you what, though. Here's what airlines, at least American, because that's what I fly, because that's what's here. Why don't we have free Wi-Fi in first class? Oh, you got to like, pay 15 bucks again. For Wi-Fi? I'm like, what the? Come on. This is not a, we're not on a normal wavelength with this conversation because you're talking about a different thing, right? Yeah, you're talking about I economy. have status, so I show up and he's like, you get upgrades? So I got some status. I'm That's sorry. That's great. <laughs> you see your name on the list, like number 29 for upgrades. I'm like, how does everyone have fucking status? Like, what a joke. It's like, here, everyone wins a trophy. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We lost every game this year. Yeah, but you still get a trophy. What are we talking about? I'm number 29 for yeah. upgrades. Effort. There's at least you're not There's 30. four rows of two seats each. Mm-hmm. 16 first class, because that's on both sides. That's eight, and then you double it to the other side. Just well, and until the gas prices has gone up about a year ago, the cost difference between first class and premium economy was not that much. And what I mean is, because if in premium economy... You're talking about international flights. No, no, no. So, like, premium economy was expensive, and then first class was a couple, you know, two, yeah. $300 more. But for me, when I was traveling to go and work with clients... Here's the thing. I, you know, if I'm doing client work, I'm flying, I kind of have my own rule, right? You know, I'm flying first class, business class, not because I'm super important, just because I got work to do, right? I got to yeah. get some stuff done. I'm making this flight, coming in, working with these folks. They don't want to pay it. They don't have to pay it. I don't have to force anybody to do that. Ah, uh, I gotcha. They can cover the cost of what have been for an economy. Whatever. I don't care. But I'm not going to fly. I mean, because I've got, on top of that, I never check a bag. And so when you fly premium economy or you fly economy, mm-hmm. Without fail, people get on there with two or three bags they're stuffing in the overhead. So I have to move like four or five uh, rows up and down just to find a place to stick my bag. The stress level of just, okay. It's such a dumb business thing. It's so bad. Yeah. I'm like, just take one carry-on bag. But they're charged, these individuals that you're talking about mm-hmm. are charged $30, $40, $50 to check a bag. Why? Why? Make that shit free. Seriously. Like Actually you're flying. charge you to bring the bag on the plane. Yeah. Do the other thing. That makes more sense. Right? Yeah, like you've got one carry-on bag. If you want another one, you pay for it. You pay to wait for your fucking bag when you get to the airport. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's a terrible model. You know, it's good for the airlines. Don't take anyone else's bags. By the way, when's the last time anyone's asked to see your bag tag? Yeah. Ever. Ever. They make such a big deal about, oh, you got to use this. No one fucking cares. Now, I haven't seen, I haven't heard stories. I'm sure there are of people getting their bags stolen. Yeah. But it's probably an accident. Like, oh shit, it looked just Could like Could you mine. imagine the line to leave, like when I was in Phoenix, the line to leave the airport if you had to get your bags checked, it would have been three days. Oh my God, yeah. It would have been like, sorry, we're going to have to leave now. We <laughs> didn't make it out of here. There's so many fucking people. Yeah. It's fucking it's crazy. I haven't been on a plane in a while. And honestly, like the last time I did was, I looked at the, you know, the cost difference. You know, talking yeah. about first classes. And it used to not be such a divide. So what I would do is I'd go premium economy, 
you have to then pay for your seat, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Buying the ticket, pay 38, 40 bucks extra for your premium economy seat, which gives you a little bit of extra legroom. Yeah. Maybe you're not stuffed in like sardine. Then, you know, give you upgrades like, hey, do you want priority boarding? Which I would always select so that I ensure I can actually put you my bag. status and you get that shit. Well, no, this is before I started, you know. I mean, so by the time I was checking out, it was like maybe $100, $200 difference to first class. And I was like, fuck this. Uh, I'm yeah. just going to get first class. Yeah. All of it's taken care of. I have priority boarding and no problem. It's a stress-free flight. I'm able to get on and do work and preparation for the work I'm getting ready to do with the clients, whatever it might be. And I don't have to worry about any of that crap. Yeah. So, of course. Yeah. And now, like, you go on there and it's like a $600 difference. I'm like, mm. It's a lot. Yeah. But hey, you know, like, you want me to come see you in person, mm. I'm going to fly stress-free. Yeah. If you refuse to pay that amount, that's fine. We can talk yeah. about it. Travel fucks with you a little bit. There was this past weekend when we're recording this, so I don't know. We might drop this. It doesn't matter. It's evergreen. The NFL in London, right? Mm-hmm. NFL plays games in London. So yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars played two games in a row there. The first game they played, they stayed. They stayed in London to get used to it. Sure. Bills show up on Friday for a Sunday game in London. Yeah. Time difference is five or six, six, six hours, hours. Six hours. They did not look good at all. They ended up losing. Mm. Multiple players hurt for different reasons. Yeah. Some to the turf, which is a big issue in the NFL. Oh, because it's uh, artificial turf. Artificial turf. turf. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Tottenham plays on grass mm. field. It was all soccer, football. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. This is a very confusing conversation. Right, but for all of our European listeners... Correct. The footballers. American football. It was basically an experiment. Roger Goodell even admitted, like, we're going to see how the time travel affects us because Jacksonville's been here for two weeks. They're used to it. They're like living it. Once you've been there for a few days, you're fucking good. Yeah. The bills get there. Don't let them nap. Fall asleep at night. They fucking look like, did you even want to play football today? So there's like a lot of studies. Does that count against their season? Like, is that considered a season game? Just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, there's yeah. no non-season games during the season. Non, yeah, yeah, that would be a... It was an experiment. You fucking... It didn't work. Yeah. It's just interesting, but it's... They're talking a lot about how travel's fucking terrible for the body. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, where's your at? And if I remember right, because we used to do it. We lived in Germany. Now, they're professional Europe football and... players, and they're traveling all the time, but it's different going... Even to the West Coast, although that fucked me up. I was a little bit tired today, but yeah, I, no. was, I was easy to adjust. But I'm, yeah. Even when you're adjusted... You're still tired. Absolutely. Yeah. And when it's, you know, the crazy thing, when I would be out in California or out in uh, Seattle, you know, the three-hour time difference, by five o'clock in the afternoon, it's eight o'clock back at home. So yeah. My body's still on eight o'clock time. My, my kids are going to bed. I'm just finishing up work. Yeah. And it's like, that's such a weird thing. I call and it's like, hey, it's dark outside. I'm like that. Yeah. You know, it, it is. It messes with your body. Yeah. Especially the older we get, mm. the more fragile we are. Yeah. You especially, by the way, you're looking uh, especially fragile these days. <laughs> wow. I just thought I would yeah. bring that up. Yeah. You just want a very passive aggressive way. guy on YouTube or TikTok to make a comment to laugh to like, he liked that. That's for him. You know who that's for. I'm talking <laughs> to you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So where were we? Yeah. No, we're, <laughs> we're bouncing. We're bouncing. I like so. it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Where do you want to go next? Well, we should talk about my boy Baker. We should. And yeah. my team, the Browns, who continuously make terrible decisions. Shocker. They never do that. They do really well one week and they do really poorly the next. That's the NFL, though. I'll tell you what, man. Let me just go ahead and throw this out here. Bad call by the Browns getting rid of Baker Mayfield. 100% mm. still pissed at him for that. Unbelievable. But they had to go. I'll tell you who needs to go is Kevin Stefanski. He's the problem. Yeah. It seems to me, here's my read on the situation watching it. That first game against who were the Browns playing? Week Deshaun one. Deshaun looked terrible. Jeez. 
but he just seemed locked up in Kevin Stefanski's playbook. Yeah. And you can tell with Deshaun, like, he's like, you need to give Deshaun free reign to call the shots and get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Same with Baker Mayfield. You give Baker Mayfield the freedom to, like, read the field because he's crazy smart and make calls like that, which they say, oh, of course they have that. You know, like, to me, Kevin Stefanski seems very much like a calc. Now, again, I don't know, speculation. I could be completely wrong on this, but my yeah. gut and just watching what happens when he's directly involved... He's a play it safe by the numbers kind of guy. Yeah. And that doesn't work. And so, I mean, how is it that our offensive line is so leaky? Deshaun Watson doesn't have much time to get rid of it. Well, and it's if he's stuck in the pocket. But if you let that guy roll out of the pocket and run around, he feels like he's in his zone. And he did yeah. that really, really well against the Tennessee Titans. But he only played three games. He's out the last game. Then they have a bye Yeah, week. now they're saying he might be out this coming game uh, against San Francisco. Uh, like, what in the fuck yeah, is that's happening? That's a fucking so, ass-kicking right there. Well, 100%. Yeah. I didn't know that P.J. Walker, P.J. Walker used to be Suck. here, yeah. who was like put in after Baker was yeah, injured, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, and he did pretty well for Carolina. Carolina being yeah. a shit team, of course. You know, but P.J. Walker God, they suck. Damn good. Oh, yeah. fucking horrible. They just need to stop. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Like, you could say the same about the Browns, but the Browns have just been around so long. It's like, yeah. they did stop when yeah. they got sold, and then they got started again. You can't kill that beast. Yeah, they don't like the owner here. Oh, yeah, no. Tepper. He's, yeah, not, I don't think he's so. not getting loved. They're all in fine. But yeah, so I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So P.J. Walker, what? what P.J. Walker, him? if Deshaun doesn't start, and we'll probably find out today if he's not taking reps, because he didn't practice on Monday, and that's an install day, and that's bad news. It's like, what the fuck? He apparently has a bruised shoulder. <laughs> Nobody really knows what's going on. There seems to be some issues with Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson. With Sean Dotson. With Sean Dotson. Going back for all our, back to the metaverse. For our avid listeners. Yeah, I was going through my domains that I owned the other day, and I saw yeah. the players, the game. Oh, shit, that was about with Sean. The players, the game. Remember? Yeah. And I bought that right there, and this was yeah. like the players, the no game. No one knows what you're talking about right now. No, not unless they're lifelong fans. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I think the, the beef there is with Stefanski and Watson. And honestly, Stefanski seems to try and control the talent. That seemed to be his issue with Baker. Yeah. Of course, the narrative was all Baker was difficult in the locker room. That's bullshit. Like, mm. people come out and said he was never a problem. Everybody loved him. Problem was in the front room. Wow, they got to uh, create that narrative. Well, of course they do, right? To justify getting rid of their number one pick, right. you know, and go looking for another guy. Yeah. And, you know, Baker's whole thing of like off the leash when he came to Carolina. He had this, apparently had those t shirts. So it's signaling, like, you know, Kevin Stefanski keeps a tight leash. In fact, the, the playoff game that Cleveland won in Pittsburgh against the Steelers, the playoff game, Kevin Stefanski had COVID and couldn't coach. And they fucking rocked without him. Yeah. Because the offensive line coordinator. He doesn't fit in Cleveland. Stefanski? Yeah, yeah. It's analytical shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All that's got to go. No. You need a guy with heart. Down and dirty. And that's the thing, right? Ohio. I've, I've listened to like the Cleveland, um, there's this group of guys that sit around, you know, and just talk nonsense about Cleveland. I'm just thinking of us, right? But it's a group of guys that sit around and talk about Cleveland sports and everything else. They're like, no, Breaker was terrible, this and that. I'm thinking, you know what? You got to tell yourself that. But let's be honest. Like he had a shit year in 2021 because he was injured. And he shouldn't have been playing with four different injuries. Right. But that's Cleveland. That's like, that's what kind of heart. Like, Cleveland's like, we're going to fight until we're dead. Yeah. And then they cut him loose. So fancy will get fired. That'll be it. And they're going to hire, I think they're going to hire Mike Vrabel. He's going to get fired in Tennessee because they're <laughs> shitty right now. Why would they get a shitty coach? Just because a guy is a losing record. He went to Ohio State. He's won multiple Super Bowls. Played for Belichick. Uh -huh. Jeez, all your slip of the tongues and all this shit's fucking me up now. Thank You're you. welcome. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. that. So that's my prediction. Frables me the coach of the Cleveland Browns next year. <sighs> I mean, now Cleveland does have he's a, a down and dirty. He's like a guy's guy. Yeah. Yeah. He fucks shit up. Players respect him. I would love to see Sean McVay somehow end up in Cleveland. Nah, I, I don't see that. I don't either. He's to California. Fuck that. You don't want that. No, no, but, but he could take that roster. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, from a football standpoint. But what Absolutely. we're talking about is Ohio needs that. 
Ohio guy. No, I don't. I don't think so. Ohio had a Texas guy yeah. at Baker Mayfield, which is a very Texas, like Lance Armstrong and Baker Mayfield are cut from the same cloth. Cocky, chip on the shoulder. I get it. I will, he planted a flag at Ohio State. Which was when he fucking was dope. Old. Yeah. Yeah. Little cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> let me say, but yeah. But yeah, here's the thing. Cleveland's not going to be like, we need an Ohio guy. They're like, we need a guy who can win. And you bring a guy like Kevin or uh, Sean McVay into the mix, right? Yeah. Sean McVay knows how to win. Yeah. And Cleveland will be like... He's not going anywhere. I know. He's How are you like in YouTube, TV... NFL Sunday ticket. I think it's a fucking racket. Ooh. And of course, I'm more upset that, you know, you know, dropped all that cash and Cleveland seems to just be shitting the bed as always. Mm. However, the bright side is I am watching the Bucks on a regular basis. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm watching the Bucks because I like to watch, like Baker plays with such heart. Like you either love him or hate him, which, you know, I understand that. And I love him. I can say I'm more of a Baker fan than a Browns fan right now. I really am. That's a weird thing to say. But honestly, yeah. it's like, you know, the individual players, like, I'm like, yeah, it's great. And I don't have to, like, try and make a... I mean, sure, he had a terrible 2021 season. Yeah. But it's amazing to me how people just forget everything before that. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that, you know, he is just crushing it right now. It might be the way to go with sports because sometimes you think about the team that you root for. Yeah. And you have to think about who's benefiting. It's the owner. Of course. And coaches or whatever, but they're making decisions. They work for somebody. Yeah. Do you support that individual? That's why... Yeah. I think the Panthers are in a lot of trouble because even if he's, maybe let's say the fans are misguided. Yeah. The decision has been made and they're getting in line and saying, this guy's terrible. And then the losses support their feeling. So you don't like the team. You don't like the owner. You don't like right. what he stands for. You want him gone. But yet, are you going to continue to pay money to go watch that shit? It's a disaster. And then the coach for the Panthers, Frank Wright, comes out and talks about, he's not saying anything, but he's, but he's saying everything. Yeah talking about how in some organizations the owner is very involved yeah and it's different and that's what he's saying so he basically was a way a lot of people took it is the owner made the decision on who the first pick was going to be in the draft sure what's the owner it's like what jerry jones is like fuck i've heard stories about that with other teams as well like no one wanted this quarterback but the owner did so yeah the owner drafted him so then you bring this kid in 20 something years old 22 years old and no one on the field actually wants him there Mm. How is that going to be? Is that what's going on in Carolina right now? With the... I, I don't know that for sure. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. It's possible that they didn't want him. But it's like, it's difficult. And then you say, why would Frank Reich take the job? Well, he'd just been fired from Indianapolis. Okay. He'd played in Carolina at the end of his career. So it's like, was he going to get another shot to be a head coach in the NFL? So you, if you get the opportunity to coach an NFL team, you probably take it. It's not like you have four offers sitting out there right, yeah. and you have to pick your team. Like, fuck, if I want to be an NFL coach, I got to take it no matter yeah. If I'm not even going to get my guy, yeah, what are you going to do? Right. It's tough. Do you root for that team? Because like, owner's a, is a douche. Is yeah. A whatever. It's like, I don't fucking like this guy. The team sucks. But okay, I'm going to keep buying their shit. Mm -hmm. Keep showing up to the games and be fucking bored because like the Browns are like, win a game, beat the Bengals. Yeah. Fucking lose a game. Win a game, lose a game. And then as soon as it becomes a habit and yeah. a trend and it's like, yeah. here we go. Yep. And you spend all this money, all this time, all this shit. And it affects people. It's like, you know it. It yeah. affects people's livelihoods. Holy shit. Especially in places, not like here as much. Yeah. Cleveland, Buffalo. For sure. It's Boston, you know. I wonder if you and I, because we are, you know, we live in, in Carolina. You're a Bills fan. I'm a Browns fan. If maybe our attachment to those teams is not as strong as it would be if we lived in Cleveland or lived in Buffalo. And, and what I mean is that, you know, we're big fans of those teams. But there's nothing here 
other than, you know, your local chapters of, you know, Browns backers or Bills backers or whatever they might be. There's nothing here where it's like I'm surrounded by it, like it's part of my identity as a city. It goes both ways. So I think yes and no. I think no from the standpoint that you grew up in Buffalo and then you leave. And Cleveland's the same way. We're very defensive. We're very ownership. We're like, sure. I'm from Buffalo. Like, sure. This I got. Yeah, mm, like that's yeah. your thing. It's your identity. It's your identity. Mm-hmm. And then you show up and people don't like the bills or this or that, or they make fun. And it just yeah. builds you up even more. And then you see the person in the supermarket, yeah. grocery store, whatever we call it, at the mall, at the whatever, walking mm-hmm. down the street, at the bar, yeah. wearing a bills hat, yeah. wearing a Browns hat. You're like, fuck, I'll buy you a drink. Tribal. Very tribal. And so you build that. I think over years, possibly, yeah. I definitely think that it, here's the thing you don't have to do in the city like that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to show up and be miserable with everybody else. Because when the bills used to lose, when I was growing up, Monday morning was a bitch. People yeah. at school, I heard people at the office, their people were bad. Yeah. At the same time, in a different city like Charlotte, you show up and everyone's like, they would talk some shit. Sure. So it's a different mindset because this yeah. person's over here because fucking kansas city's doing really well and they're from kansas city yeah or not they just like to get on the bandwagon but they all fall <laughs> at some point right like right. the fucking patriots like oh Belichick's yeah. terrible now seriously seriously i think that's a really good point and i think about like a city like buffalo or city like cleveland people show up to work on monday morning and they're miserable yeah in Carolina, I honestly don't think even the fans of Carolina give too much of a fuck where they're just like, no, whatever, I've got life. To there's them. a group. There's no doubt there's fans. Sure. But, but are they like, that dedicated? No, but, you, but I don't see anything to do with Carolina. I don't hear people talking about Carolina. Charlotte Hornets? No, nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah. It's just different. I think we need to start a professional sports team here. Mm. We have Pickleball. Oh. Never played it, but I'll tell you what, people it's are big. going crazy over that shit and people keep trying to get me to play. I'm like, I've already got a lot of injuries. Know, a couple of Sports it's like one of the most sport with the most injuries. Is it really? Because a lot of older people are playing it. Right. They're going out there tearing their hamstring up, even though it's like not, it's like a movement sport. It's not it's like athletic sport. Right. So you could definitely play it. I'm sorry. It's good. That yeah. Because you talk about basketball. No, but I'm proud of you. Yeah. You took a good dig at right. Yeah. Like the timing was perfect. That's good. I mean, I'd attack you for your feeble body, and, <laughs> you know, lack of strength and, you know, lack of will. Yeah. And you just, you hit me with that. And I'm so proud of you right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Almost the tears. Yeah. So, emotional. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. It's good. Yeah, it's a pickleball. I, I could probably play it because it's not a bunch of niche sports right now are just going wild. Yeah. Spike ball, pickleball. Well, I'll say ultimate frisbee, but that's been out there. Oh, frisbee yeah. golf, but there's some serious shit though. Like, and I'm not even thinking about all the different sports, but yeah. And they're on TV though. Like, people are playing wiffle ball on ESPN, the Ocho. They have a fucking station called the Ocho like they did in dodgeball. What? And they're playing wiffle ball. Like, for real, Wiffle flag football, like anything you can think of. And people watch that shit. The first place I ever heard about pickleball. Cornhole. Oh yeah, cornhole. I could see that one. We should start a cornhole league. Ugh. But uh, pickleball was from Chad Bar. The years ago, he was like, yeah, I started playing pickleball. He started losing all this yeah. weight. And I was like, what the fuck okay. is pickleball? I was like, yeah. this sounds crazy. Yeah. Three, four years later, it's all the rage. So shout out to Chad Bar for being an innovator. Fastest growing sport. For being a leader. Yeah. You know, yeah, for blazing that trail because I'm amazed at how many. I mean, the name is just silly to me. You know, yeah. so I'm like, I can't associate with that. I'd much rather associate with the sport that I'm already in, cycling, where you know, grown ass men shave their legs and wear <sighs> like run right around on bicycles. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, you know, I've got my standards. Yeah, I know you do. I know yeah. you do. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Social media. We talked about this before. Let's get it. There's a lot: Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all these things. And we're publishing content, right? Mm-hmm. There's two sides to it. If you're 
an individual, if you're a content creator, if you're a business, do you create content on all the different channels? Do you have different ways of using each platform, which I think is something that you could do. Sure. Like Facebook might be your community platform. Mm-hmm. Instagram's where you build your store. Yeah. TikTok's where you have some fun and post some videos and whatever, right? At the same time, it used to be like not that long ago, each one was like just so massive, but now they're spread out a little bit. Right. Are they a little bit more like TV channels that we're used to when we were growing up? Where like this show was on this station, you would watch Seinfeld on NBC, hmm. right? You would watch whatever show, you'd watch The Real World on MTV. Are they more like channels and you pick one and you just go with it there? Because social media is just, it's, it mm. was something and it's changed so much. And anyway, just on my mind a little bit. My first immediate thought is they're not the same because, well, I guess I mean, YouTube would be the only one that I would say is an exception, right? They're not the same because social media is not so much like, you know, with, with TV channels that we'd go and we'd watch shows on, we would go there and it was more of a passive, you know, it wasn't interactive, it was passive. Mm-hmm. So you sit there and watch something, you'd zone out. You don't have to do any work except for sitting on your butt and, you know, mm-hmm. thinking maybe a little bit about, you know, the show that you're watching. Yep. For social media, it's, I mean, I guess you can passively scroll, but your attention is not being captured for a long enough period of time. YouTube is the exception to where you can zone out, take in information and really think about it. Most social media is just, you're scrolling. Yeah, but I don't know. I think you go talk to individuals. This individual is on TikTok Mm -hmm. and they're just going through. They might switch over to Instagram. Someone's on Instagram, same shit. Mm -hmm. Spend time on Facebook. And yeah, are you interacting with it? I get it. But it's like, that is where that hour of time, instead of watching TV, you're watching your phone. You're watching a device. Hell. I'm just saying, is that more of like, pick your station and go with it? Or is it a combination of kind of like I said before, where each channel, and I'm looking at it from, a, from the business side of things. Yeah. And then we're looking at from to the consumer. The consumer mm-hmm. might be a business. It might be an individual. It might be a CMO. It just could be little Jared sitting at home, you know, looking for little something Jared. to do. Yeah. Little Jared hanging yeah. out. Yeah. Eating hey, Subway. Buddy. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That guy. I don't know. Just yeah. No, I, I see what you mean. You know, Gary Vee would say, get on them all and pump it out. Other people would say, pick one or two and go with it. But what are you doing with those one or two things? Can you look at it more like the distribution platform is, we're going to go on TBS, we're going to go on ABC. And I also think it depends on what kind of business you're in. If you are selling a product, a tangible product or something that is a, hey, look, you know, it's a one-time pay type deal. Buy a Frisbee. Right. Then that strategy makes total sense. Go everywhere. Get really targeted with ads. That could be a lot of fun. If you're in the idea business, the knowledge business, it's a very hard sell on social media. Yeah. Pay me for my knowledge because you found me on social media. Now, if you're a big enough author, you know, you've written New York Times bestselling books, whatever, you've already got status and name recognition, then sure. But oftentimes people are going to go back to your website or they're going to be seeking you out already. Mm-hmm. So I do think it depends on the kind of business that you're in. And again, it's just my perspective. But for people like you and me who are in the knowledge business, we both have products. I mean, I've got, you know, the Foresight Academy course and, you know, there's things like that that I have. But most of my work is being hired to advise and customize and, you know, do training and things like that. So that's not necessarily a, a sellable product yeah. online because but people can learn about you. They can, exactly. So you have to reframe, like, what's my angle objective of social media? Is it just to raise awareness? Is it to create engagement? Is it to sell this product? It can be all of the above, but... 
I do think, you know, at least in our world, it's not so black and white. Like if you're selling gym memberships, that's easy. Like the stuff that does really, really well on social media is stuff that is rec- easily recognizable, mm. solves a very particular problem, and it has a low cost point. I was talking to my buddy Joel, and he said, look, if you sell ideas, you know, Amazon is not the place for you. But if you've got a spatula, you can fucking kill it on Amazon. Yeah. And that's true. It's like you have to know what you're selling, and that should align with what you're selling. Yeah, and what the aim is for it. Yeah. Well, you brought up websites. Yeah. Like, what's the future of a website right now? Well, everybody keeps saying websites are going to be dead in social media. That's been bullshit for 10 years, and I still think it is. Yeah. Because, you know, what people realize is the vulnerability and the insane control that social media sites have over your entire business, your followers, and everything else. Nobody, you know, we're wise enough to that where you don't want to give that up. Right. So nobody's like, man, you know, your website's going to be your social media presence. I'm like, well, then you're a fucking idiot. Right. You need to have control and ownership over the site that you've got. Yeah. You know, so traffic can come into that because let's say you do or say something that is offensive to YouTube, right? You know, because they're cracking down they on- They cut you off. They Totally. Oh, they turn people, they demonetize them constantly. Easily, right? Is that how you want to run a business? No. Why would you, why would you subject yourself to the whims of a tech company? Yeah. You know, people might say, oh, well, if you have a WordPress site or, a, you know, a this site or a Squarespace or whatever. No, no, sure. Those companies may be able to do something for you as well, but they can't take ownership and right. When have they, like, give me an example, I would say, when WordPress literally shut your website down. Well, WordPress is like so open source, like, I don't know, that would violate their entire yeah. ethos. That would be really which they're not doing real well, by the way. Who's that, WordPress? Yeah, apparently Why? not. Honestly, it's because WordPress has been a business for people that code. Yeah. It's been a coder based business. It's been, you know, it's like an open platform. They were never really a, for profit, like they were not like this. Oh man, we we're going to generate tons yeah. of money, go public, and sell. Okay, they've been this friendly. They're a coder based platform. It's right. we'll pull an article. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna hurt myself. You know, my brain can only go so far. But I mean, when you think about it, right? You know, I mean, my whole online presence and infrastructure is on a platform called Kajabi, which was started off as an online course program. Right. And then they had some website options, which were dog shit. I mean, they right. were horrible. <sighs> you had to hire like a third. So you did still have to get somebody who was a third party, maybe knew how to code and dot. You just with. offended the CEO of Kajabi, who's a big oh, listener. No, no. Oh, no. I mean, they, they would admit this too, right? Okay. But then they broke a billion dollars, got a bunch of extra funding, and they bought up companies and now they're crushing it. Got it. Their web... It's still a template base, right? But if you've got your own or if you've got somebody who yeah. designed one, which so I did, it's fine. You know, then I yeah. use that for that. But it's a, it gives me full control of the e-commerce section, you know, my communities, my products, all that stuff is under one hub, right? I'm not having to connect 25 different services, which is great. It's good for me. It's good for me because I'm the kind of person who's, I don't want to go out and hire a coder just to code a bunch of stuff. And then every time I need to like switch an image on this or that, I have to wait on them to get back to me and go, oh, okay, sorry, I put that in. Oh, this plugin needs to update. Oh, that plugin that updated just fucked up all these other plugins. Now we got to undo that. It's like it's a nightmare. Yeah. So I think that's one reason why WordPress probably isn't doing that well. Got it. Okay, so websites, search, AI, right? Google's now AI first. Sure. So you do something for most of you. I don't know if you have it turned on for yourself, but you type in something, AI comes out at the same time. So it's like, okay, that's going to change everything. Very rarely am I looking at the AI results of what yeah. they said. More and more because it's getting better and it's yeah. actually giving you website clickable links on the right-hand sure. side. Yeah. At least when you're on your computer. That's an iPad, not a computer, but yeah, whatever. it is a computer, it is. right? It's Which a computer. called an iPad. Yeah. So anyway, that can change it as well because of if we're not finding your website because AI is taking over and is pulling your content, at the same time, I think they're directing people to the website because they don't want to get into that copyright to say, well, fuck, AI didn't say that. 
Jerry Nichols at newfuturist.com said that. Yeah. So we got to make sure that we're crediting the source here. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely that. I mean, it all goes back to who controls the algorithm and, and how much control do they have over it. So, you know, Google, if they have preferred search, which they do, right? You know, you pay for keywords, you pay for ads, you pay for all those things, which honestly, I mean, is a smart business model. You know, anybody that bitches about organic traffic not being a thing anymore, I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, you know, pay for the ads, they're cheap. You know, yeah. Something I'm really interested in is in YouTube ads because they pay per click and everything is so low. Yeah. But I think when someone got it for free, well, that was the whole social dilemma. The sure. premise is like, if it's free, you, you are the product. Right, yep. So it is, it is cheap. You can go on Facebook. Oh, it's yeah. really cheap. Same time, it's like, just do it the right way. Yeah. Right, go watch the social dilemma and then do your ad mm-hmm. so you can see like how you're manipulating people. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to manipulate people, just manipulate them. Just manipulate them. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That should be your ad. It's like, hey, in the next 10 yeah. seconds, I'm going to manipulate you into taking action, buying a product you probably yeah, don't yeah. need. And we could run an article. We do a podcast. Yeah. Browns, Steelers, and all the, the first one would be like pro Steelers. Uh-huh. And how the Steelers would just eat the fucking brown shit. And they didn't care about it. That sounds mm-hmm. disgusting, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know. Yeah. And just target people in Cleveland, Ohio that are Browns fans. Mm-hmm. And the outrage would just, and then you could switch it. And then you could flip it and then target the Pittsburgh people and say how oh, the Steelers haven't won a Super Bowl in a long time. Except if we were going to do something like that, Eric, I'd want to go deep. Mm. I'd want to start creating like genuine misinformation. Ooh. And then malinformation. That's a great one. Which, by the way, on a side note, and if I haven't said this in a podcast before, you haven't. always be wary of anybody who is constantly using the terms like misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation because they're usually the biggest perpetuators of all three. Mm. They are. Moving on. Yeah. Let's create some real misinformation. Let's create this, you Ooh. know, this story. We'll create a conspiracy that, um, and we would do Browns Ravens, right? It's like Deshaun Watson, you know, sat out that game, which just seemed odd. You know, he had a bruised shoulder, right? Like, I think about my boy Baker. Baker had multiple bruises and injuries. Multiple bruised shoulders, I think. Multiple. Yeah. yeah. And elbow yeah, issues. Three bruised shoulders. So let's go. And a raging hemorrhoid. And COVID. That's misinformation. He probably had COVID. Yeah. yeah. Definitely had COVID. Definitely. Still does. Yeah. The CDC called him and said, Baker needs to sit. Baker said, fuck you. Yeah. Baker said, fuck that. You know, I don't have COVID. COVID did. No, never mind. This joke doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Moving on with that. COVID has me. Yeah. But I was like, well, but that kind of sucks too. Yeah, no, we got to work yeah, on that one. That's all right. All right. So we just create this whole story about a secret meeting between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. And like, you know, like this whole bribery scandal, right? And then somehow we tie it in with secret societies like the Illuminati. You know, but you don't just throw it all out at once. You just kind of like, Pepper it, mm-hmm. right? I've told you I've thought about creating a workshop called How to Create a Conspiracy Theory because this is the business I'm in. Kind of, we don't do that, but you know how to do that and you know how to see very quickly. Oh, this is the trail of breadcrumbs. Ryan Holiday's uh, book, Trust Me, I'm Lying, oh, is all yeah. about that. Yeah. That should be a, a mandatory reading, reading for, for the saviors of the metaverse. Fanboys. Absolutely. And girls. Of course. Yeah, we don't discriminate. Fan people. Fan people. <laughs> to all of our fan people out there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Continue. <laughs> So that's how we would do it. Then you take ads, you know, and just don't blast them. Like, let me show this in your face because then that creates suspicion. You subtly drop it in. You know, you try not to bring too much attention to it. You target it to people who like a certain big name that talks about both of those teams, right? So whoever the biggest Cleveland sports YouTube channel is, you can set the YouTube ad, your video ad, to run on that channel. Mm. So you pay for it to run on that channel. You also apparently don't get charged unless, like if somebody just clicks the skip ad button, you don't get charged for that. It's not until they click on the actual ad or click on the link that takes you to the page, then you get charged for it. That's how you do it. Yeah. 
I don't know. You're going to miss me. I got premium. Then I'll get ads. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There might be another way you can get me, though. And I wonder how big the premium, YouTube premium subscription is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's high or? Well, why uh, don't you look it up? Is it like. What percentage of the population that. It's just such a waste. I hate the fucking commercials. If I could get rid of ads and everything, I would. Yeah. It's a real problem. College football. Oh, geez, dude. Holy shit. So went to a game, went to Colorado, Arizona State. Mm -hmm. I hadn't been in a college football stadium this year. And this is the rule change came out. So there's, they're not going to stop the clock after first downs, which is a normal thing they used to do in college football. Yeah. Now they run the clock, except in the last two minutes of each half. So they're thinking the whole concept was, let's speed up the game. Mm. Good idea. Major League Baseball did it. It helped their numbers a little bit. You got to speed up the game. You got to stop fucking just waiting. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Instead, what they did is they say they were going to do that, but they just inserted more commercials. So now a guy comes on the field with a stick and a big clock, mm-hmm. two minutes and 30 seconds, and just circles it around so everyone can see it. It happens like all the time. Think about it. And it's not two and a half minutes because it's there's a lead up to the commercial and then there's the comeback after the commercial. the commercials. It's about three and a half minutes. And I've been streaming these games on my iPad because I can't watch them live. It's that bad. Oh, I can't either. I'll record it an hour first. I could just hit the button mm-hmm. and get to three and a half minutes and then the game starts again. Yeah. And I miss all the bullshit. Yep. When you're at the stadium, it is cool, right? Great atmospheres. I get it. You're fun. But it's, it depends. It could be hot as shit. Mm-hmm. It could be really cold. There could be fights. Be comfortable. You could be with someone that you don't like, right? right. You don't want to go home. Why'd you point to me? Next time, <laughs> now you're there for four hours and it wasn't even close yeah. to action for four hours. Like, I know football is not that kind of sport right. anyway. It's awful. It ruins the flow of the game. I think these sports are killing themselves. Oh, yeah. It's just ruining it because it's like, I'm like, I don't want to go to another college football game this year. No. I watched students and people leave at halftime and they've been talking about this all over the place. Yeah, they'll go finish the game at home. Fuck, they're going to go do something else. Yeah. Just go for a hike, go for a walk, go get some food, go hang out with their friends, go watch fucking Netflix. Like, why do I have to sit here for this shit? Can you imagine if you were at the Browns versus the Ravens game and like you didn't know that Deshaun Watson wasn't playing until you got there and he was like, oh, he's not going to be playing. Uh, And then you had to sit through that nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, it's the exact same thing, right? Like, I don't want to go sit there. Well, and it's crazy because coaches, it's the Belichick method. Hmm. He doesn't share any information. I get it. From his standpoint, sure. he doesn't give a fuck about anything. Now, he's got to get paid and all that kind of shit. I get it. And he's right. got to show up for the interview. He's going to say one-word answers and all yeah. that shit, which makes sense. You're going to make me show up here, then you'll get yeah. some bullshit. Yeah. But you show up to the game and the star player is not playing because mm-hmm. he wanted the strategic advantage over the game, which totally get it. Yeah. At the same time, this is entertainment and you just made this game less entertaining. Yeah. I hate commercials. I'm with uh, you. Hate them, hate them, hate them. So YouTube Premium. Yeah. So yeah. YouTube Premium. How many people have it? What do you think the answer is? Today I'm ringing the bell. As of September 22, YouTube surpassed 80 million music and premium subscribers globally. Okay, 80 million that was globally last September. That's a year ago. Five. That's a small percentage of the global population. Yeah, 80 million. Ooh, in 2020. YouTube counted roughly 20 million paying users subscribing to premium services. That's a four-time increase in two years. That is huge. And that's an expensive service. That's 75 bucks a month. That's a lot. No, 75 bucks a month. What are you talking about? For YouTube premium? No. It's like... Oh, no, I'm thinking of YouTube TV. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Geez. So they, I've been... They have so many products now. Oh, my God, man. YouTube premium is like 75 bucks. You mean YouTube no, TV? Jeez. 
It's okay, buddy. This is where people come to get their information. Yeah. Like 15 bucks a month, let's call it. Family plan. Yeah, maybe still, family plan, something like that. Something like that. But yeah, where, you know, it's 15 for the whole family. That makes sense. You know what's been pissing me off? I'll watch a show mm-hmm. and then I'll go back to the YouTube channel I was watching yeah. like a couple hours later. Yeah. And it just resets to an earlier part. I'm like, fuck, why, why is that happening? I don't know. You got premium. I know. You'd think, I mean, because when I'm just on regular Not YouTube. Not always, but sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're on the topic of TV, can I yeah. bitch about something for a little bit? I would love that. Travel channel. Travel go. It's no secret. And if it is a secret to any of you, now you know. I'm absolutely fascinated, both from an entertainment and as just, you know, like a, a curious mind individual about uh, Bigfoot. And uh, a very entertaining show called Expedition Bigfoot, not to be confused with that shit show called Finding Bigfoot. No surprise, they never fucking found him. And uh, it's a bunch of clowns. But these are like, you know, this is a little more entertaining. Yes, it's all ridiculous in a number of ways. But they do have an actual scientist on the show, which is great. Again, I have to smile inside because it's funny talking about this mythical creature that absolutely fascinates me. But I'm also, you know, hot on the UAP subject as well. Travel Channel. We put in the details, you know, you could, number one, you can't buy an actual like, hey, I'll pay five bucks a month to get access to this. But when you put in your cable, you know, login and all that kind of crap, it takes you there. You still have to sit through three minutes of commercials at least five or six times throughout the show. Not only that, they've stopped putting out the episodes. They've only gone to four episodes. And when you're really, really hot on the trail of a mythical beast, the last thing you want is three back-to-back commercials about laundry detergent. This really isn't about Bigfoot, I'm realizing, as I'm talking about this right now. This is more about just commercials. And for some reason, I just felt the need yeah, to expose myself as a mm. avid fan of uh, Sasquatch lore. Yeah. We did two things there. Uh, yeah. We did. Yeah, you know, as I'm talking out loud, I'm like, why am I telling you this? <laughs> Quick, recover, recover. Mm. I mean, the Bigfoot, that's what it is. Yeah. It has nothing to do with commercials or the travel channel, except that I am yeah. a little pissed that, like, if you've got cable and you put your digits in there, what the fuck are they still showing you commercials? That's the real thing. I guess I had to justify why I'm watching the travel channel because who in the right mind watches the travel channel? So you're saying because you pay for it, why do I get commercials? I've got somebody's details. Okay. I'm upset on behalf of that person. Okay. Not me. I wouldn't, I don't have yeah. cable. Yeah. Yeah, so really, I'm bitching about something that I'm getting access to that I'm not paying for. Mm. I'm the asshole here. The authorities are going to show up at your house. That's unlikely. Yeah. People are using VPNs now to stream all sorts of shit. The authorities don't show up for any of this shit. No. They don't show up for shit. I mean, no. going back to my story of like cops on the road, where there's nobody there. Yeah, where'd they go? Anarchy. Yeah. That's a deep conversation, probably. You want to get into some anarchy conversations? I don't know. We're about hour 22 right now. Damn. Yeah. We are going hard. We paint. Oh, yeah. That's a basketball reference. I like that. No, you're right. Basketball. It could be baseball. I, I just like know. to play the ignorant guy. Yeah. I am really happy that I just confessed my absolute fascination with Bigfoot. And Baker. And just, well, <laughs> I mean, come on now. I'm saying. Well, that's why I like Bigfoot, right? Bigfoot's got like, you know, I mean, the, the odds are against him. Most people don't believe he's real. It's not just a he. There's a she. There's children. There's families. There's lots of them. It's like Chewbacca. You know, kind right around here, one of the Bigfoot hotspots. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's the Uari National Forest. Oh, okay. Uari is one of, it has one of the highest, like, sightings. I think we should go there and do a podcast. Has he ever got anybody? Like, are people missing? Uh, the of it. Or is Bigfoot a nice guy? Not a nice guy. Or oh, no, no, no. Now you got to check out this podcast okay. called Sasquatch Chronicles. I mean, okay. it can be a little annoying sometimes. Essentially, it's just like, 
the host lets people come on and talk. I've probably talked about this before. We should let him come on and talk. Uh, he could. He'd come, he could tell us about his own experience. He used to think it was all bullshit. He's also somebody who believes that one of these things needs to be shot and killed. Oh, geez. That's sad. No, not really. I mean, think it's about like it. It's a killer whale. You, you got to kill one to prove they exist. And then, you know, I guess it's like, okay, that's part of reality. Yeah, but we don't want to see that. I do. I want to see a dead Bigfoot. Sad. Why? They die. But for natural causes. Unless they're a multi-dimensional creature and which the whole of the conversation. On a branch and hitting their head. I don't think so, man. Do you know how big Bigfoot is? Pretty big. Pretty fucking big. Yeah. And he seems to have like supernatural strength. There's all kinds of lore around this guy. It's great. Yeah. I mean, some of it's pretty ridiculous. But again, we are talking about a mythical creature here. So I guess all of it's ridiculous. Yeah. So we have a body. Yeah. So anyway, people come on the show. Mm talk about their experiences. And a lot of them are hunters, law enforcement, former military. Yeah. yeah. And they're not looking for, but believe me, like as you are witnessing right now, it doesn't do anything for your credibility if you say I'm fascinated with Bigfoot. Yeah. In fact, it does the opposite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Conspiracy theories. Bigfoot's not a conspiracy theory. Or is it? <laughs> yeah. On that note, just shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to shut it down. It's good. Water pressure in Arizona, by the way. Oh, we never got to that. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you. Just it tell was me. Fucking amazing. I was blown away. Yeah. Water tastes like shit. Of course. That's bad. Because it's mud. I don't know what it is, but you can't. So you got to order like bottled water. Well, what you're drinking is recycled piss and shit. Possibly. No, definitely. It's okay. water treatment. Yeah. It's not good. That's fine. Don't. Yeah. So the kill out of water is better. Yeah. But the water pressure there, for this time at least, was really good. Yeah. That is a little boring. I wonder why. Well, it is Arizona. But you have to use a bucket underneath it and you save the water and you take it outside. <laughs> you dump it into this, dump you know, like in. city. Like, hey, it's clean. Good. I mean, because it's got soap in it, so it cleansing itself. Oh, you know, yeah. They've got systems that can do that really, really well. Yeah. Well, they're talking about running the uh, pipeline down to somewhere in Mexico. And they're going to pull the water from these people and bring it right through. It's going to destroy their land. Oh, so there's my a God. lot. Of, like, yeah, it's crazy. But it's got to go uphill and then you have like monuments you have national like sure. land and stuff like that you can't touch it right it's pretty wild read about it but you don't have to maybe There's probably a podcast about it there probably is yeah audible it i don't know no nah, not really i'll just let you give me the highlights yeah that was give me a chat gpt summary of it. that was the highlights i could send you a link okay i yeah. probably won't click it that's okay it'll be fine yeah but if it has something to do with sasquatch then you know like i mean down there, sasquatch you know it's really hot down there for them i think they are spotted down there Ooh. but there's no like they can't hide in the trees yeah, man, like you need to, you know, muscle up on some Sasquatch lore here. There's a, a belief that a lot of them just live underground or they can just disappear into thin air because they're multidimensional creatures. Mm. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of the UAP, UFO connection in here, oh, too. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Man, we can go down crazy yeah, town. I can tell. It's all entertaining for me. You know, I mean, for me, it's not like I sit there and go, oh, I totally believe all this stuff. I don't know, but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, that's what you it is. I mean, it's I, play. It's play. Well, That's I think as, as human beings, we get really arrogant about what we think we know, and then all that stuff gets disproven 10 years from now. I mean, right now, I mean, we haven't even touched... We've gone this whole conversation without talking about the UAP disclosure. Yeah, well, we can't do that right now. No, that's for another podcast. Yeah. Absolutely, because that's fascinating. Maybe we should do a solo show, and you just riff on the fucking... I'm serious. Yeah. We'll just go, I can go to town. questions if you want. Well, That'd not be even. fun. And you just talk, and I'll listen to some music or something, because... No. I don't want to hear it. Well, if you're not listening to me... Okay, but you can't tell me you're listening to music. No, but I can still ask you questions because a lot of interviewers do that. Where they're mm -hmm. like, I'm not listening to what you're saying. I'm just got my list of questions. Well, see, you can't tell me you're not listening to what I'm saying because then it just feels no, like... No, I am today. I'm No, deeply... I know what I'm saying is if we do this type of... Yeah, you're deeply invested. But I think you're invested. we should talk about this because like, if you're a new listener... Yeah, because you don't give a shit, but new listeners will. 
Yeah, I love it. I just listen to shit like on repeat. Yeah. 90 minutes. Yeah, fuck. Don't want to invest 90 minutes. Yeah, do you? These assholes. I wouldn't, but we do. But we got the Flash episode, so it's a shorter episode, so that's good. There you go. Or do we just keep going? Do we become a YouTube channel and our shit's... We have a YouTube channel. We do. But I'm saying, like, do we post the hour and a half or the hour long? Yes, why haven't we posted those yet? Fuck. Sorry. No, (laughs) I'm sorry. Because you've done all that work. Yeah. I'm very ungrateful. I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) 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 Had some moments today. I'm serious, though. (laughs) Think about discoverability Mm -hmm. on YouTube. It's really good. It's the business. Discoverability on a podcast platform is fucking awful. It's not there yet. Now I think it's going to change. It has to change. It's like you can't discover anything. I discovered a lot of shit I don't even care about. I'm like, oh, this looked on like YouTube? the thumbnail. No, on uh, podcast platforms. Yeah, but it's not like because you listen to this. Like Amazon does it with books. Yeah. Audible does it with books. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. And maybe because there's, oh, fuck, there's so many the books. It, yeah. But podcasts don't seem to do that. You might like this. Spotify, can, maybe. I'd pull up my phone, but we're using over there. I don't Spotify is just so crowded. It's, it's just, so, yeah, it's like too much. YouTube yeah. is moving YouTube's their podcast. That's where it's going to be. YouTube had Google Podcasts. Uh-huh. Breaking news. Like, get rid of Google Podcasts. It's not a thing anymore. I didn't know Google Podcasts. It was Google Play, right? No. Well, there was that it was too. It called Google Podcasts? Google Play was some shitty shit. Oh, yeah, it was dude. like, Apple was like, let's kick your ass real quick. And then Spotify comes around like, they're eliminated. Yeah. Google Podcasts. Yes. Is gone. They're moving it over to YouTube Music. Okay. Even though it's not music. But the pla- but podcasts are already on YouTube Music. Yeah. But it's like, you have to be on some sort of hosting apps and you got to pay a premium. Now all the shit's going there. Yeah. I think discoverability could be there. Because if Google wants to invest and spend some money, because it's still there. I think the podcasting opportunity, because I think Apple's one, Spotify's two, depends who you ask. There's a bunch of the other ones. Like I use Pocket Cast. I like them. Mm -hmm. I don't know where. I think there's an opportunity for a tech company to take over podcasting. Probably. That's good. Well, you know, one thing we still haven't done what we said we were going to do was our OnlyFans page. I know. Yeah. But that's just gone so... Well, OnlyFans? Yeah. No, people are making bank, but I mean, you and I aren't going to podcast naked unless no. the price is right. That's just crazy because that was never the intention of that platform, was it? I don't think so. No. Yeah. But it's like, hey, that makes... But look, that's what innovation is. It's not so much about the intended use of a product. Yeah, it just changes. It's how the hmm. end user uses it. How that the end user use savers of the metaverse? That's what I want to know. Oh, it's therapy. Okay. And on that note, Mm. It's been great talking to you. It's been good. Should we do a left-handed one of these? <laughs> That's right. That's your right. But you got to turn it like this. There you go. <laughs> that was so... <laughs> that was great. That was it's good. not quite as good as us walking around after checking the cameras and just boom, yeah. high five. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're awesome. We are so good. Here All we right, are. Buddy. All right, yeah, buddy. buddy. Later. Later.